Are you ready for hockey-related anxiety and more? Are you ready for hockey-related anxiety and more? Are you ready for hockey-related anxieties and more? Are you ready for hockey-related anxieties and more? Hello and welcome to another episode of Hockey-Related Anxieties and More. Today, we have a very special guest as we have our first former NHL player. He played six years in the NHL with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Please welcome to the show, Doovie Westcott. Mr. Westcott, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. So let's just start. How have you been recently and kind of have you picked up any hobbies during quarantine? Um, well, I became a school teacher for, for a couple of months. Um, you know, both my kids were at home during COVID and uh, my wife was working. So we would kind of uh, take turns uh, teaching the kids the various uh math and science and what have you but uh yeah besides that uh, we made it out of covid uh, uh pretty well they just uh yeah they just lifted the mask uh um, restriction here in denver which is good so uh yeah it was quite a journey but we're on uh, we're on the right side of it now so kind of what happened in denver during the pandemic i haven't really been keeping in touch with all of the states in america yeah, I mean, it was pretty similar to, you know, what happened everywhere. You know, we had a gradual spike and then it got to a point where the, you know, our hospitals were full and, uh, you know, we just kind of followed the guidance from our governor and, um, yeah, they had to shut down schools and restaurants um, for about a month. But, uh, um, yeah, we're starting to open up, went to 50% capacity and and uh, now it looks like we're in good shape. And um uh, kind of sorry to hear what's going on in, in Canada, Ontario, I heard was, was pretty bad that they're shut down right now. And, uh, my, uh, my niece, her school in Winnipeg just got shut down. So, uh, kind of a bummer. Hopefully things turn around quick for you guys. And uh, yeah. are you guys in school right now? Or are you guys doing remote? No. Ours, uh, Online. school closed earlier this week. On uh, Tuesday, shut down. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. Well, yeah, you just got to roll with it. We'll, we'll get yeah. through it, you know, but uh, yeah, it is what it is. All right. Um, now we're going to talk about more hockey. Uh, what was growing up in Winnipeg, Winnipeg playing hockey like? Uh, it was great. I mean, uh, I'm old enough to say that we played uh, on the outdoor rinks. So it was, uh, yeah, our practices were cold and our parents would sit outside and, you know, have hot coffee and stuff and keep the, keep the cars running. But uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. I had, had a good group of friends through hockey um, and uh, yeah, we would play road hockey and play in the basement. And uh, yeah, I mean, similar to probably the way that a lot of kids grew up in Winnipeg now it's, uh, you know, it's just a big, really popular sport there. Uh, yeah, it was a blast. I, I, I had a great time growing up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So our French teacher, Mr. Falvo, uh, you, <laughs> I had to ask this. You went to school with Mr. Falvo. Uh, so that's how uh, we kind of got in touch with you. So can you tell us 
What was Mr. Falvo like as a kid? He was he was always a happy guy. Like when when I when I look back on my time at, at St. Paul's with uh, Mr. Falvo, as we call him uh, now, um, yeah, I mean he was just a great guy, just a really happy guy and um, fun to be around. And uh, you know the kind of guy that uh, if you're having a bad day, you go over and talk to him, and and uh, he'd have a joke for you or or uh, uh, or something. But he was just always a positive guy, and, and he was a good soccer player too. He uh, um, he was a big fan of soccer, and I, I remember him being a being a good player anytime that we could play at recess or or uh, in gym class. He coaches now, I think. Oh, he's good. Yeah, good. he'd be a good coach. Yeah, I'm sure he's a good teacher too. He yeah. teaches French too, so yeah, <laughs> yeah good, good, nice. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how did you end up kind of playing for the Winnipeg South Blues in the MJHL? Ooh. Well, I played, uh, my parents gave me the option. I was playing for, you know, the Mavericks or the Monarchs back in the day. And a lot of my friends were going to St. Paul's. Yeah. And uh, my parents said, you know, we have an amount of money that you can either continue to play AAA hockey or you can go to uh, St. Paul's High School. And uh, a lot of my friends were going there. And so I chose to kind of give up the the AAA hockey and and go to St. Paul's and uh, played for the high school team there. And we had a great team. We had a bunch of good players. And uh, after graduating from high school, um, I played for uh, um, the Charleswood Hawks, just played the playoffs, um, played the playoffs there. And when I was playing there, you know, I, I got offered a tryout for the Winnipeg South Blues and, and kind of made it as, as a seventh defenseman, a last kind of a last cut type player. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was great. I'd never even really thought about playing junior hockey, and um, everything just kind of fa- you know fell into place. So it was it was good. It was a good time. You had yeah. some pretty good stats towards your uh, second year with the Winnipeg South Blues as a as a defenseman. You had fifty nine points in fifty two games in ninety six ninety seven. So you also played after that in the USHL and in the NCAA with the University of Alaska Anchorage. So. How did you end up with the University of of Alaska? Um, yeah, another kind of funny story. So I was playing for the the South Blues, and a good good friend of mine, uh, Winnipeg native Lee Gorin, he uh, he said to me, "He's like, you know, I'm playing in the Saskatchewan Junior. You know, we get a whole bunch of scholarships. You should come down and try out for our team in Minot." Um, so I talked to my coach, um, Doug Stokes, uh, at the Winnipeg South Blues. And uh, I said, you know, Stokesy, can, you know, can I go try out in the Saskatchewan junior? And he said, well, do the way that it works, you sign it, you sign a junior card with uh, Winnipeg. And if you don't, you know, we kind of own your rights. So you can't go just play for any other team. And uh, I said to him, you know, my goal is to, you know, continue playing after, after junior, you know, either playing for the university of Manitoba or, you know, a dream would be to get a, you know, a U.S. scholarship and get, uh, get school paid for. Um, so I played my second year at the Winnipeg South Blues and we had a good team. And uh, towards the end of the season, um, I got a call from Dean Talifis, the coach at, uh, at the university of Alaska Anchorage. And he said that uh, we have one extra scholarship. It's our last scholarship. Um, you know, would you like to come up to Alaska next year? And I was just blown away. You know, we only had two scholarships in the entire league that year. Um, so it was super rare to get a scholarship. And, 
you know, I, I'm, I said, yeah, absolutely. I'm on board. I'd love to do it. And, and I, I asked him, I'm like, did you come and, and watch me play? Like, you, you know, cause usually these college scouts, they come down and, you know, they scout the games and talk to you after the games. And, and he said, no, we, uh, we actually got videotape from your coach, uh, Doug Stokes. He's, he's been sending us videotape and, uh, he sent tape, sent tapes to a bunch of colleges in the U S and, uh, we decided to just take a flyer on you. So I owe a, I owe a huge thanks to, you know, my career to, to Doug Stokes for kind of putting in the extra effort and, and helping me get a scholarship. So hopefully one day I'll be able, be able to reunite with them in the summer and, and, uh, and uh, thank them personally. But uh, yeah. yeah. So like then uh, after you were at uh, Alaska Anchorage for a year, you moved uh, down to St. Cloud State. What was the transition between that like? Um, it was it was real easy. I had a bunch of friends from uh, Winnipeg. Uh, Richie Larson, I played with him with uh, the Winnipeg South Blues, and then uh, Tyler Arneson. He's he's another guy you, you guys should get in in contact with um, and interview him. Uh, but we all we played together at the Winnipeg South Blues, and and those two guys were already at St. Cloud. And uh, I had a good friend, good family friend, uh, Aaron Lowe. He was uh, he lived in the neighborhood in Charleswood, and he was at St. Cloud. So it was a real easy transition to go down there. I knew a bunch of guys and, and, uh, and uh, yeah, sat out that year, just, just practiced with the team. And then the following year got to, got to play some games. Mm-hmm. So now 2000, 2001, what I'm going to call the contract year, the big season, whatever you want to say, but absolutely monster numbers for a defenseman in the NCAA. 38 games, 10 goals, 24 assists, 34 points, and 116 penalty minutes, which is just, I don't, that's crazy number of penalty minutes, especially for 34 points. So what clicked that season, and why was that season so good for you? Um, well, I would say that it started with the, the preparation in the summer. Um, I, had, uh, um, I had a good friend, Ryan Malone, that uh, he, had, uh, he ended up going on to play for the Tampa Bay Lightning, but he used to go to this camp up in Brainerd. Uh, it's called the Minnesota hockey camps. And uh, he said, you should come up, you know, do five, six weeks. We work out hard. We train. Um, so I went up there and it was the toughest camp I'd ever done. We were on the ice twice a day. We'd work out in the morning, work out at night. And it was, it was just kind of like a real hard six weeks, but uh, you know, that preparation got me ready for the season. And then uh, we had a great team. We had, uh, like I said, Tyler Arneson was on the team. He was a great centerman. We had uh, Nate DiCasmiro, um, Mark Hardigan, um, Joe Motzko. I'm sure I'm missing a bunch of guys, but we just had a great team. Scott Meyer uh, in goal. He was a great goalie, but, uh, and then our coach, Craig Dahl, he just kind of let us play. Like we had a bunch of these skilled players that could, just got kind of like to just go out and, and play, you know, almost like chinny hockey. But uh, yeah, we had a good team and, and the stats kind of showed that. Um, yeah. And it was just, it was kind of a whirlwind, just uh, um, things that everything kind of fell into place and got a, got a contract at the end of the year um, with Columbus. I don't know if you, you guys are probably too young, but do you guys remember uh, Brian Rafalski, small right-handed defenseman that played for New Jersey? Yes and no. I yeah. remember the name. The name I've sounds very name. familiar. Yeah, yeah so this, he was a college kid as well. He played at the University of Wisconsin, I think. But, uh, yeah, they ended up winning the Stanley Cup. And uh, New Jersey, 
Um, yeah, they just kind of let this player, this small, undersized defenseman, just let him play, and he scored some big goals in the in the finals. And uh, the NHL just they're kind of you know they just follow the team that ends up winning, kind of a copycat um, league. And all these NHL GMs were looking for a small right-handed defenseman. And I, I kind of fit that bill. So I think that's, that's the reason I kind of got a shot to play, play in the NHL. So how did you kind of, sorry, Tao. Oh yeah, you can go ahead. So how did you figure out that Columbus offered you a contract? Um, let's see. Um, I actually don't, you know, what came first agents started calling me. I think what happens is the, you know, the NHL teams start to show interest and, you know, maybe they throw your name out to different agents. I'm sure there's, there's connections there, um, especially when you're a free agent. Um, so I think what happened is Columbus probably talked to a couple of different agents and said, Hey, we're, we're looking at this guy. You might want to give him a call. And, uh, so I started getting calls from agents, um, you know, spot, uh, spoke to, uh, Ryan Lawton. And then I ended up uh, going with Justin Duberman was my agent. And uh, yeah, it just kind of, kind of fell into place. First the agents start calling and then they start talking to the teams and it, uh, it kind of just, uh, you know, spirals from there. Did you receive multiple offers or was it just the one from the Blue Jackets? Yeah, there was a couple of teams. It was Pittsburgh um, and Columbus were kind of the two main teams that, uh, um, that had interest. There were a couple of other teams, but, you know, back then, um, you know, the, you kind of choose. And, you know, Pittsburgh and Columbus were kind of the, the two teams that were willing to, to kind of make a good offer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, what was, what your, was your reaction to getting an offer like were you expecting it or were you just playing hockey um for the fun and weren't thinking about that at all yeah no I wasn't thinking about it I was a junior so I had one more year left so mm-hmm. I was just planning on you know finishing my last semester of school and you know going back to Winnipeg for a bit and uh yeah it just kind of happened out of nowhere so mm-hmm. uh yeah uh my family was pretty shocked when when we got got an offer um, I remember talking with my dad and, and, uh, we were kind of, you know, trying to, do, trying to figure out what we were going to do if I should go back and play one more year. And, uh, my dad said, no, no, you, you should definitely, you know, you can always go back to school. You know, you may not, you may not get a chance like this. And, you know, it was, it was a, it was a dream, you know, it's every kid's dream to, to sign an NHL contract. So I, I couldn't get my, couldn't get my signature on the contract quick enough. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And in that first year, you got to get into your first four NHL games, and you also got to play 68 AHL games, about half a point per game, with the Syracuse Crunch. What were those first four NHL games and the 68 AHL games like? Um, it was great. I mean, you know, you, you know, I think it's naturally you sign an NHL contract, you have a good year in college, and you know, you you're a little naive going into pro hockey, and uh, um. You know, as soon as I got down to Syracuse, we had 10 defensemen and only six defensemen would dress every night. So my first, uh, my first 15 games down in the American league, I think it was, uh, or at least 10, um, I was a healthy scratch. I didn't play, just practiced. Um, so, you know, and then you just improve, you just, 
you know, you just keep working and eventually, you know, you're going from playing against, you know, basically, you know, kids, and then you go to pro hockey and you're playing against, you know, the big boys, you're playing against men. So there's, there's an adjustment there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was fun. And then those first any those first four NHL games were, um, yeah, you're just, I mean, you don't even really remember a lot of it because you're so nervous, you know, you're just don't want to make a mistake and you're playing against guys that are, you know, you've been looking up to your whole life. So I loved it. It was, it was uh, yeah, I look back on the, on that time and it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great, you get to live your dream. So it was, it was incredible. So after um, getting your first taste of um, professional hockey, did you change anything in the, uh, how you trained or anything like that, the, in the off season to get ready for the next season? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, when you're going to school, you, you know, you're trying to juggle hockey and school at the same time. Um, and then when you turn pro, you have all this, all this downtime, you have a lot of free time. So you just, you know, for me, I tried to focus as much as I could on, you know, trying to work out and, you know, get your body ready. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, hockey just becomes your entire life. Um, mm. so yeah, I mean, I, I, the preparation is everything, you know, that's, I mean, if you're not, you know, especially nowadays, it's even more important. But back in the day, there was some guys in our team that, you know, they didn't like to work out or, or whatever. And, and uh, you, you'd notice that every year you'd kind of improve compared to those guys because, you know, they'd stay the same and you'd get stronger and faster. And, and uh, you could almost, you know, outwork your competition in order to get, get to the league. So. Mm-hmm. Also during 0102, you got your first taste of professional playoff hockey. How different is playoff hockey versus regular season hockey? Yeah, I mean, we had a we had a good team. I think we made it to the uh, to the conference finals in the uh, in the AHL, um, and every round got got more more difficult. Um, our last round, I remember, I didn't I didn't play very well, and we ended up losing the round. Um, and, uh, I was, you know, you're kind of used to playing, you know, between 30 and 50 games a year. And then when you play, you know, probably more like a hundred, you know, maybe even more than a hundred, if you count exhibition games, um, you know, the, I remember having my interviews with the coaches at the end of the end of the year. And they said, you know, we feel like you kind of burned out, like you, you know, you weren't used to playing that many games and, and, uh, uh, you know, next season you'll, your, your body and mentally you'll be more ready for, for a longer season. But uh, yeah, it was, it was fun though. Playing that we had a, we had a good, good group of fans in Syracuse and uh, you know, it was a smaller rank. I want to say maybe like 8,000 fans, but we would, we would fill it in, but it was a great atmosphere to play. It was, it was a blast. Yeah. As your co- Sorry, Tyler. Oh yeah. You can go ahead again. As your coach kind of said, the next year, you did get some more NHL action. You almost got half of a season, 39 games with seven assists. So you also got your first point that year and only 22 AHL games. What was that first uh, full NHL season like? Uh, it was it was great. We, we had some guys get injured up in Columbus. Um, and, uh, yeah, I got to – I went up, you know, as a – you know, when you're playing in the minors and you get called up for a couple of games – um, you know, there's such a difference in the leagues in speed, um, you know, the decisions you have to make mentally and, and just physically being able to skate with the rest of the guys. Um, if, if you get called up for just a couple of games, you usually don't, 
get enough time to kind of catch up with them. And I was lucky that year that I got called up a couple of times and they were extended call-ups. Like I think it was more than 10 games at a time. So by the end of those 10 games, you're, you know, you just, you think quicker, you skate faster. Um, and you, uh, you know, I tell people it's like getting on, on an escalator, you know, if you can get on the escalator and if they let you stay on the escalator long enough, you'll eventually catch up to the rest of the guys and you'll be able to play in the league. So, um, yeah, I got I got lucky that guys were I guess injured for a long long period of time, and I was able to kind of get on that escalator and catch up with the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. So then the next year, um, uh, which was oh three oh four, um, you got some more NHL action. You were play you played in thirty four games and got seven assists. Um, so. Now that you're developing into an NHL um, player, um, what was tr- kind of seeing your progression like? What was that? Um, yeah, I mean, you're just you're a year older. Um, you know, uh, you're a little bit more confident because you you know you've met all the guys, you've gone to dinner with them, um, you just feel more comfortable in the locker room. And that translates into playing well on the ice. Um, and the coaches probably trust you a little bit more, you know, because they know you. But uh, and so you get to play more minutes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if you play 10 minutes compared to 15 or 18 minutes, it's kind of a big jump and you'll just feel more comfortable out there. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what happened that second year. Mm-hmm. Also during that second year, 03 or 04, I believe it was that year. Rick Nash, Columbus Blue Jackets player, tied for the Rocket Richard win that year with, I believe it was Kovalchuk and not Ovechkin. I can't remember the... Oh, it was a, a Calgary Flames player. He Jerome. can't remember his name. Yeah. But it was Aguila, Jerome yeah. Aguila. So um, he... How good was Rick Nash? He was just... He was a one-man show. I mean... Uh, you know, he had such a great reach. Um, you know, he had uh, sneaky, you know, good speed. Cause he, he had, you know, he's a big guy. He had uh, long strides um, and he could protect that puck. You know, he'd get a step on you outside. You know, he probably did it to me a bunch of times in practice, but uh, yeah, he was, he's just had that. Uh, he, was, he was just a, an all-star, you know? So it was, uh, uh, and then he could finish, you know, he could always finish. A lot of guys can get into that situation and, uh, and they don't score, or maybe they score on, you know, one third of their chances. But uh, yeah, Nasher, whenever he got his chances to score, he would he would finish them, which is which is you know just a, kind of a a testament to his talent. You know, it's just like uh, you either have it or you don't. You know, you can practice yeah. that as much as you want, and um, um, some guys just have it, and some guys don't. So the thing so then- I think of when I think of Rick Nash is that goal against the Coyotes where he absolutely undresses, I can't remember the players' names, but he just does this phenomenal goal after, I believe, taking a penalty that the Coyotes scored on. Is that what you think of when you think of Rick Nash? Yeah, I mean, he didn't, you know, there's players that need to play with other good players in order to have success. And, uh, you know, Rick was one of those guys that could just do it on his own, you know. And, uh, yeah, that goal is, you know, one of the nicest goals you know probably that we've we've seen in a while so but uh yeah he's a heck of a player mm-hmm. Next, uh so the year after that 
0405 was the uh, lockout season, and you went to JYP in the SM Liga. Uh, what was the transition between um, pro hockey in North America going to Finland? Um, it was it was really good for me. I was I was sitting at home, you know, during the lockout, and we got into like October, and you know, when you're used to you know playing hockey, practicing, and all that stuff, I uh, I called my agent. I'm like, just I'll play anywhere. Like I'll play for free. Like just find me a place to play. And uh, he set me up in uh, in Finland. And it was great for me because, you know, you're playing on a bigger sheet. So you have to, you know, you have to be able to skate a little bit better. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just remember when I first got there, you know, the team is probably expecting, oh, this guy played in the NHL. He's really going to help the team. And I was probably one of our worst players the first 15 games. Guys were, you know, flying by me on the right, flying by me on the left because the rink's bigger and your, your angles are all off. But, uh, yeah, eventually I caught up and, and, uh, and played, played some good hockey towards the end. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was great. You, you know, different culture. I'd never lived in Europe. Um, so it was good to, good to see a different culture and, and uh, also different training. You know, they trained a lot differently than, than we did in uh, North America. So, um, yeah, it was good. It was, it was really, you know, that's probably why I had such a good season the year after. A lot of guys didn't play hockey the whole year. And, you know, I played in Finland, which was a real, it was, it was a Canadian style game. They, they hit, they were physical, but, uh, but they could also skate. I mean, they were fast. So it, it prepared me for that next season in, uh, in Columbus. There's two things I kind of want to know about uh, Europe hockey. Why is it that uh, leagues like the KHL and the Liga and the SHL, why is it there that they, they have bigger ice, but why is it that the scoring is so much lower than in North American leagues? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, they, they may play a little bit more defensive, you know, like, uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's more of a, maybe a structured game defenseman, maybe don't jump up as much. Um, uh, yeah, that's a good, that's a good question though. I mean, you know, you'd think with the bigger ice and all the room that you'd be able to, to score more goals, but uh, I don't know. I think it might be just maybe a little bit more focus on defense. Um, that could be it. The yeah. second thing is you played one playoff game that year with the uh, with JYP. Uh, you had two goals in that playoff game and 25 penalty minutes. Uh, yeah, 25. I know, I know. I kind of I lost my cool there. We... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we were playing a game. We were at home, and uh, yeah, it was just a, a weird sequence of events. But we're going off off the ice, and usually one team goes off, and we're going off the same, you know, the same gate. And usually one team goes off, and then the other team goes off. And uh, yeah, one of the guys on their team kind of skipped ahead of a bunch of guys, and you know, I kind of grab him by by the side. I'm like, hey, you know, buddy, wait till the rest of our team is off, and he pushes me off and he ends up high sticking me with this stick. I don't think it was intentional, but he ended up high sticking me. So then I pushed him, he pushed me back and uh, yeah, it ended up turning into a fight. So um, yeah, a little old time hockey. In, in <laughs> so uh, that would be, I believe the instigator penalty is 18 minutes, right? Yeah. I don't, I can't, I think it was five and then maybe like two 10 minute misconducts. Um, oh, 
Okay. Yeah, I think that's that was probably the penalty. So basically, ejection. Yeah, <laughs> yeah ejection. And also, <laughs> how were those two goals scored? Um. Yeah, one of them was just. Uh, it's funny. I can just remember that like it was yesterday. But one of them kind of came out to me at the point, came off the boards, and I just tried to one time it off the boards, and we probably had a bunch of traffic in front of the net, and it went in. And then uh, second goal, it was just kind of a scramble in front of their net, and I, you know, I kind of cheated in as a defenseman and grabbed it and, and put it in the open net. But yeah. So the next year, 2005-2006, it's post-lockout, and you get into your first full NHL season. You get 78 games of action, 28 points, 6 goals, 26, 22 assists, sorry, with the Blue Jackets. How good was that season for you? Yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was a good season. I, I got a chance to play and got to play some power play time. Um, you know, I had... Uh, had some good defense partners. I got to play with Brian Burrard. Um, he's, I think he was a number one or number two overall pick, but he's a real offensive guy. So I could, you know, pass the puck to him and he would work his magic and, uh, and get a, you know, get a cheesy assist that way. But uh, yeah, it was just, just, uh, it, was a, it was a good, you know, good year for me kind of personally, but uh, our team, we kind of struggled. I mean, Columbus as an expansion team, we, we struggled and, uh, you know, I just tried to focus on playing well every game and just worry, you know, kind of worry about your own own job. But uh, yeah, it was just it was fun to play, play all those minutes and uh, and to uh, yeah, just feel part of the team. And, uh, you know, it was yeah, it was a good, good run. Good, good year. So you you had a couple more seasons in the NHL uh, with Columbus and then you played some more games in the AHL with Syracuse. Um what would you say is your favorite um, favorite part of playing in the NHL? Um, yeah, I mean, the, you know, you're you're, kind of, you're just living out your dream. Like I said, you you know, you play hockey at a young age, and uh, you know, you just fall in love with the sport and the the speed of it. And then you have great teammates. You know, you make good friends on the team, and uh, yeah, just. Uh, yeah, just a, it was a fun way to, to to spend those years when you're you know 24 to, to 30 years old. It was uh, yeah, it was a it was a great great run. And you're you know you're living you're kind of living the life. You're flying in a private jet and you're staying at nice hotels and eating great food. And um, yeah, it was uh, it was a fun six years. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts on the NHL? Um. No, I mean, it's just, it's, uh, it's great to see how the league has evolved. It's, uh, you know, it's the game is so fast and there's more scoring and uh, there's more of an emphasis on skill and, and, uh, and that, that side of the game, instead of, you know, the hooking and the holding and the fighting and stuff like that. When I was, when I first got into the NHL, we still had the red line. So you had, you know, you couldn't make a two line pass and you had, you know, basically 10 guys in a small little area, you know, trying to make passes. It, it was a totally different, different style game to where it is now, which it's just great for the viewers. And, and I think it's more fun for the players too to play it. Mm-hmm. So in 0809 and 0910, or 
not 010, just 10. Uh, you got to play with Dynamo Riga and Dynamo Minsk in the KHL. And also you won the Spangler Cup with Dynamo Minsk and you were on the Spangler Cup All-Star team. What was it like playing in the KHL and winning the Spangler Cup? Oh, that was, that was fun. It was, uh, you know, the, the Russian, that KHL league was, was fast. You know, if you compare it to, to uh, the NHL or, or some of the other leagues, it's, it's just a lot of skill, you know, like the, the players hold on to the puck a lot longer and they're always looking for, you know, the, the, you know, the special play, but uh, it was, it was good for me. I was, you know, I was, wasn't really great at anything when I played in the NHL. I, I was kind of good at everything, but uh, you know, you got to, you got to see the skill of the Russian players and also how they train and practice. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a different different style game, and and uh, just like Finland, it took me a while to kind of get adjusted to it. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was it was great to be able to play in that league, and you know the Russian culture, they love hockey, and uh, yeah, it was just it was it was fun to be a part of. It's you know if you can't play in the NHL, it's the the second best league to play in. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. So uh, then, what was kind of winning the Spangler Cup like? Uh, it was good. It's a, it's a ton of games. I think you play like six games in four or five days. Um, or no, not in maybe eight days. Um, we weren't playing two, two, two games a day, but, uh, yeah, you play a ton of games and, uh, Davos is a really cool, cool city, small little city, ski town. Um, but all the restaurants, bars, there's a little casino there, but there's just people everywhere. And, uh, yeah, it's, it was, it was fun. And you get to, Got to play against Team Canada, I think, in the finals, um, which was which was cool to be able to you know play against a lot of guys that I knew. But uh, yeah, it was it was fun. We were uh, we celebrated. I remember we flew back to Minsk. Uh, I think it was maybe New Year's. It was the day after New Year's. So uh, yeah, it was it was a real thrill for our team, and uh, that was just fun fun to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Talk. Yeah, so then the next couple of years, um, from 2010 to 2012, you played in the NLA with the ZSC Lions, and then you played in the DAL as the assistant captain of the Hamburg Freezers. Uh, what were those two uh, two different leagues like? Um, yeah, the you know the Swiss league was. Um, you know, if you if you were to compare the Russian league or North America to the Swiss league, the Swiss league is just go go go. You just you know you go you go north with the puck as fast as you can. Um, the players are really skilled. They're they're really good skaters. Like the skating in, in Switzerland, I was I was really really surprised at how how fast the game was. Um, and uh, and then Hamburg was a little bit more a little bit more North American. There's more more imports um, in Switzerland. I think we only had four imports that could play every game. And then in uh, Hamburg, we had I want to say ten or twelve that could play. Mm. So uh, mm. yeah, a little bit more North American style hockey. Um, but uh, good, really good hockey. Both both countries have have uh, have good hockey, and I think you know all the countries are kind of. You know, it's all becoming uh, better. Every every country is yeah. almost getting you know on a, on a level playing field um, compared to back then. It was a little, you know, the styles were a lot different. Just to wrap up this specific episode here, uh, do you have any good funny hockey stories from your playing days? Yeah, yeah, I've got some some good stories. Um, 
it was, uh, it was my mom's birthday yesterday. So I'll, I'll kind of throw my mom under the bus here, but, uh, she, uh, so the, my first, you know, my first 10 games in Syracuse, when I came from college to pro, uh, like I said, there was 10, 10 defensemen. So I was sitting out a lot and, uh, um, you know, I talked to my parents on the phone and they're like, Hey, you know, are you going to get into the next game? You know, why aren't you playing? And uh, I just said, you just got to wait, you know, until there's an injury or, or somebody doesn't play well. And uh, my mom, you know, who's always been a big fan of mine. And she, uh, she said, well, I just don't understand your team's not doing that well. You guys are winning a game, losing a game. You're not, you know, you're not one of the top teams. You know, I just don't understand why they wouldn't give you a chance because, you know, your team's, you know, they're, they're not playing well. And you know, I said to my mom, just, you know, it's all right. Just cool it. It'll, you know, my time will come. And uh, so a couple of days later, I go into practice and the coach, Gary Agnew at the time, you know, kind of gave me a, a tap on the shoulder. He said, dude, can I talk to you for a second? Would you mind coming into my office? So I went into his office and uh, he's like, I know you, I know you want to play. I know you're hungry to get in there and, uh, and show up, you know, show us what you can do. But uh, could you please, you know, not tell your family, you know, to um, contact me? Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like what? What happened? He's like, well, I received an email from your mom, and you know, email was pretty new back then. So she had sent an email to the coach saying, you know, and it was a respectful email. She didn't say anything bad, but uh, she said, you know, you've got this young defenseman, Doobie Westcott. And he seems to, you know, we've heard a lot of good things about him. Um, it'd be nice if he could get, you know, get some playing time and get in in one of the games. And then she finished the email, you know, just writing a concerned fan. <laughs> <laughs> but at the top of the email, it says Lorraine Westcott at hotmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, it was pretty funny. I, I had to rag my mom about that. But I mean, it ended up working. I ended up getting into the lineup, you know, probably a week or so later. So, mm-hmm. yeah. well, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, we hope to see.